0: Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. Today, I'm joined once again by Jay. Jay, how are you today?
1: Uh, a lot better. We actually won a game today, which is obviously nice. It's nice to come on and not be talking about losing, so that's always a positive.
0: I was going to say the, the guy you kind of chucked under the bus was your man Lamela, so we've got plenty to talk about tonight. <laughs> yeah,
1: I have got his shirt on tonight as well, so I look like a proper mug, did not I? Really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we're also joined by Ben, otherwise known as Ben Spurs Twenty One. How are you today, Ben? Thanks, all. I'm,
2: yeah, I'm really, really good. Yeah, obviously, you're nice to have actually won a game football and. Not have distressed about it, so um,
0: yes, <laughs> very pleasant. It is, it's always a positive when you don't have to sit there and have mini heart attacks every five seconds yeah. watching Tottenham, so that's always a win. Well, yeah, so we've managed to win against Wolfsburg, secure our place into the next round, and to be honest, I've got a lot of praise for the team tonight. I mean, when I saw the lights of Dyer on the, on the team sheet again today, I was thinking to myself this is going to go either one or two ways, either this is it for the game on Sunday as well, or it could be the total opposite that this will be him done for the league. So Ben, I want to come to you. Obviously I've had Jay on the show before and we've spoken about Dyer. So what are your thoughts on Dyer in, in recent weeks?
2: Uh, it's a really difficult one with Eric, because I I do think he's got qualities as a centre-half. You know, he's physically strong. I think he's very good at tackles uh, in the air, but, I think you have to partner him with the right person. I think we saw the like When you have Toby who's alongside him who can if you will, mask always um, the areas that he isn't so strong as, you know, we've we've seen many times when he's partnered with Sanchez. Uh he's often get he often gets exposed. And I, at times often I feel sorry for Eric because I think he's having to clean up some of what Sanchez does wrong. So, you know, I do think he's a good competent set of half if you if you put the right took callers in set of like Toby alongside him, I think you can work, but you, you need staff person with him in order for him to work in our in our side.
0: Yeah, that is very true. And uh, for me dire is um yeah, I won't speak too highly of Dyer, but it is true what you said with Toby I feel a lot more safer. But I think with Toby and anyone in that back line I feel a lot safer just because Toby is that commanding presence. And Jay that's gonna move me on to also the lights that we saw Delhi back in the site tonight. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of talk about Delhi on the stream because Delhi, I feel like, did come out of his shell tonight. So, Jay, what are your thoughts on Delhi starting stuff? Is it something you thought you'd definitely see? Uh,
1: yeah, I was pretty sure that Dell was going to start. Um... The only, the only time I'd maybe question if uh, Dell was going to start is if we had uh, a younger player like the likes of Scarlett. Obviously, cause Scarlett doesn't play Cam, but the only way in this Europa League tie that I didn't see Deli starting would be for a youngster. And obviously, Deli started tonight, which is great. And his performance was amazing in the sense of if you take away the opposition we were playing, he played really well. But sadly, I think the only thing is to take into consideration is The opposition we played today weren't that great. Um, You know, it takes a lot for a Tottenham defence to look solid. Um, You know, so, um, but, you know, he played well. He had a lot of time off the ball, um, on the ball, which in the Premier League he's not going to get. But it's good definitely for his confidence to see the assist, to see him bumming forward, to see little things like, you know, when he scored, I was anxious to see whether he um, celebrated the goal or not. And how he celebrated the goal. But when he scored, he looked really happy to score. Um, You know, sometimes when players score after a rut, they look like they're not interested. But, you know, I was really happy with his performance tonight. Um, But you just got to wait and see and see if he starts at the weekend and if he puts in the same performance.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And I think that we all kind of want Delhi to do well. And it's about time that Delhi did show himself because at the end of the day, it's only Delhi that can change that. And Ben, that's what I want to come to you, obviously. There's been lots of talk about Delhi and this idea that he was good. He should have gone out and lined this, that, and the other. And I had that strong opinion because I thought he needed that change of scenery. But tonight, I feel like we've seen a different Delhi. I mean, the goal that we saw him score first was pretty insane. So, what are your thoughts on Delhi's performance tonight then?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I know obviously the attention is going to be on the goal. But for me, his all round play was excellent. Obviously, he set up two of them as well. I feel that we saw, saw his natural position is in behind the striker because that's. Where he's most effective in controlling and influencing the game for us, where he can pick up passes in that role, just the free the free room of that pitch to be able to pick in. It's no good him sitting deep because I don't think he can influence the game enough. There, that role he plays in behind, when he's there and he's on it, he completely controls the game. You saw that to a degree the first leg against Wolfsburg as well, but. I think tonight really hammered the point home. You know, when he's there, he can run the show. And it was great to see. You know, really encouraging to see him with a little bit of his old flair. You know, I hope hope we get to see more of that towards the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing. Lots of people say you can never get rid of class. And I think Deli's always got that in his pocket. And we saw tonight, Okay, it might have been lower opposition, but when we've seen him have cameos in the Prem, he hasn't really lived up to the expectation that we've all kind of wanted. And just adding on to that, Ben, do you think that's because maybe the likes of La and other players that play in his position have been getting in front of him because maybe they were on their A game more than him? And maybe now he's going to push that competition higher up?
2: Uh, I think only in the season that was the case. It, uh, you know, Dilly was in that informed start of the season. But I think as, you know, we've dipped out of form and obviously we've coupled that with a few injuries as well to, to the likes of LaCelso. you've seen the opportunities open up more and finally, he seems Dele seems to be grasping it because, yeah, there have been games where we've been waiting for him to make an influence and he, to be fair, didn't manage to do it. But I think as you've seen, the more he's played, the more he's played, it, it's it's certainly building himself back up again. Uh, you know, because it's still, uh, it hasn't just been this season. I think it's been most of the last season as well that he hasn't, that he was slightly off colour. But, you know, I think... If you just if we just keep playing and on a consistent level now and it, it just gradually gets back to you know twenty sixteen twenty seventeen Delhi yeah, or at least somewhere near that form. Uh, uh, thank you, Joseph It's just you just summed it up. Form is temporary, class is permanent. That's the blue Delhi Ali is.
0: <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And I think we've all just been hoping to see that again. And hopefully now, like you said, Ben, he can push on that form. And like Kyle said here, Jay, do you think? This performance deserves maybe a start of the weekend. Do you think we'll see him?
1: Um, <clears throat> the question would be who would play instead of him, um, and again that goes into what we talked about on the last podcast um, about Ndombélé in the sense of if um, you know if we play a midfield of Højbjerg uh, and Ndombélé and Ali, I could definitely see that happening um, in the sense of if Ndombélé plays more, as as Ben said, very very well that. Dell in the deep areas isn't as good. And Dombele would be a very good deep line playmaker. Um, but yeah, I think Dell could start. I would, I'd like to see it. I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't. Um, but after tonight's performance, again, I'm going to reiterate, it is against awful opposition, but that doesn't take away the promising signs that we've seen. You know, the, the, the assist was great. The goal was Unreal. You know and that's the thing well adam's just put a good point i don't know if you want to pull it up but you know do on against burnley i don't know geo's been out for ages i would i I would never rush a player apart from harry kane i'd never rush a player back from injury um (laughs) but uh you know i think geo wouldn't get in front of dell for the weekend but going forward it would definitely be competition between the two especially with The midfield kind of settling a little bit now. So that's that advanced playmaker role that's up for grabs.
0: Yeah, I think it is good that we're seeing the likes of Delhi get back to his form because I think that is an area of our play that we kind of really lack at the moment. So for him to be able to pick up his momentum again would be class, especially to end out our next run of fixtures that are games that we should be winning. And with our defence, obviously, it'd be nice to get that attacking football playing again with the likes of Ali maybe linking up the play. And that leads me on to the next question, which is the fact that obviously we saw Delhi, but we also saw Bale tonight as well. And Ben, this is where I want to come to you, obviously, we noticed that goal, that goal was class. And I feel like, even though I said that maybe it's a little too late, do you think this is now the time, the business end of the season, that these two players, the likes of Delhi and Bale, are finally find their form, could they possibly be our saviours, do you think?
2: Yeah, I do. I think the last two the last week actually, I think B Bales finally seems to be on have his legs under him and look shoot glimpses of his old self. The first leg, the goal he scored the first game was beauty. I think, and you saw on Sunday when he came out against West Ham, he, he completely ran that game second half. And you know the, the effort that went off the crossbar, and and you saw with the goals tonight. You've it's it's like watching Gareth Bale from 2012-2013 season. You know it, the glimpses are there. It it seems like he's finally got his foot back under him, and maybe just maybe if the. If, if we go all out for the Europa League, which I think we should do now, uh, you know, in the likes of Delhi and Bela games, they can definitely influence us to go on a big run in it. So uh, they absolutely can.
0: Exactly. it's the thing, like, I think we've all been waiting for. We've all had our hopes on the the fact of Bale wanting to come back to his old self. And we kind of know his pace isn't there. But like you touched on, against West Ham, he completely changed that game because he was driving at players. And tonight, having the audacity to be able to take it first time and curl it around, that is the class that we've missed from Bale from these cameos. So hopefully both of them can push on. And obviously... Um, talking about that, that goal was also came from Delhi. So maybe like the old link up sort of plot style of plays come back again. So hopefully that would be great. And obviously from that as well, we need to talk about Vinny and because obviously Vinny hasn't been, I guess, in says good books in the sense that maybe he doesn't trust him because we haven't seen him in games that we thought would be the ones that he'd play. in. so Jay, I want to come to you. What were your thoughts on Vinny tonight? uh it's
1: funny funny you say this because i i think Vinny's performance has to be put into two halves um the first half and i think people might disagree with me but he looked like a lone player in the first half i don't think that he looked great um you know if i'd been sat on the bench for ages playing games that i should have been playing i'd look more up for it he didn't look particularly up for it in the first half um but then obviously the second half performance you can't knock him with any of it you know he looked like you know, the only the only issue I have with the Vinny situation is I don't think we've seen him play against an opponent where we can judge him fairly on his ability. Um, you know, you, you obviously like we smashed Marine, our Europa League group was fairly easy as much as we as Tottenham made it as difficult for us ourselves as possible. Um, but you know, uh, he's yet to be, we're yet to judge him really, uh, but tonight, you know, you can't take away a second half performance. I just maybe would question mark his body language in the first half. Um, but whatever he did, whatever Jose said at half time worked.
0: True, and that's the thing. I think the only thing that really infuriated me was the fact that he managed to beat the keeper, do a ball roll, and then not hit with much venom to get it into the back of the net. And that's the thing. When that obviously happened, Ben, I was thinking to myself, maybe this is why Jose doesn't trust him. What are your thoughts? Do you think we should just be able to rely on him in in situations like that? Or do you think it's like Jay said, we haven't really seen him come against any real opposition yet, so to speak?
2: I I think there is an element of that, but he's already been... We've already seen him in the Europa League Games and the FA Cup games, and it kind
0: of the, the two,
2: three weeks that he was at with injury. You thought that this was the entire reason we bought what we got for this is it was for this situation, and yet in, the, in those games he wasn't ever selected. And as infuriated as it is, there must be some kind of reason why because it just doesn't didn't make any logical sense to not play any striker. But I think as we get as we get further, maybe the next round of the Europa League, when it's what well, it you probably will be a much a more uh, established opposition. You'll if if the if the options there for Vinicius all came to start, and if you know we might see whether the jersey really does trust him or not.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I think that's a good point to make. Whether the fact that if we've got some hard runs in the in the fixture list in the Prem, whether he's going to put his faith into to the likes of Vinny, or he's just going to let. Kane take all the glory because in hindsight we know that Kane can go out there and do a job and whether Jose is going to manage to trust Vinny over him is another story but saying that as well Jay obviously I think the class finish from Vinny tonight was a ball again from that man Deli Alley. so what did you make on the fact that he hadn't managed to get that good finish off from the mark
1: um so just just to go back sorry just to talk about the run I feel like it's it's important to talk about I had a look before we um before we we came on and I was looking at what possible ties because I was talking to my dad about, oh, dad said, oh, Vinny won't play because obviously, you know, you're being the big boys of the Europa League. But I looked, if you, if you actually look at it, there's out of the remaining fixtures, there's four fixtures that I kind of highlighted where no matter what team goes through, we should be able to play the same kind of team that we played tonight and beat them. So we might, if we get a lucky draw, we could see Vinny in the later rounds. Um However, you know there there are still some big teams, and obviously all of the English teams are still in it. Come on, Benfica, um, and um, and yeah, so. But going back to, to, to obviously that Vinny goal, again, that's what I was talking about with his body language. You know, that goal summed up what I thought about him in the sense of, you know, if you haven't scored... He played against Marine and he was one yard out and he smashed it in. And Marina like tier 97 in the football ladder, but he's playing the Europa League game and he doesn't want to smash a goal in against... Uh, you, you know, it just... It just that just epitomised what I said earlier, just about his body language in the first half. He, you know, that game could be done... Dane Scarlett could have been on at half-time, you know, and then it would have been a totally different picture, but, yeah.
0: No, I like that you highlight that. Maybe what was said in the change room has sparked him on to be like, actually, no, I, I can hit the ball harder than what I did, like a B-roller in the first half. But saying that, then obviously, Jay's just touched on Scarlett and I would have liked to have seen him a bit earlier, but obviously he came on and it was instant impact, shall we say. So, what are your thoughts on Dane Scarlett? Uh, it lo-
2: looks very, very encouraging. The fact that you immediately kebbled the pitch and was a bit hungry shooting for the ball. I mean, what was it, 45 seconds he was on and pressing up and winning that. And it looked like he was going for that shot himself. It just, the touch was a bit too far in front of him and Vinicius got to him first. Although he nearly went through and scored himself a couple of minutes later. I'd have loved if he had finished that off. But for a 16-year-old lad, it it looks extremely self-assured, confident on the ball as well. uh, And... Really, if you're comparing him to, I don't know, sort like Troy Parry, who everyone started the season thought would, would come through on loan, if this is just my view, let me know. But I think Scotland's league's ahead of him, in my view, already. And you know, I hope over the course of the next season or so, you, you we see more appearances from him because he, he looks a future star.
0: Mm -hmm. he does indeed and people have been saying that his potential is maybe a lot higher than Kane's and obviously we all know what Kane's like and I like the fact that you brought in Troy Parrott because I can kind of see what you say it feels like the hunger and desire with Scarlett is slightly different to that of Troy Parrott's I feel like Scarlett and Kane kind of have the same sort of outlook on life if that makes sense I know he's quite young but I feel like he's very driven to be Tottenham through through. And obviously saying that as well, Jay, I'd, I'd just like to come to you on the fact that obviously we've touched on Dane Scarlett, but I'd also like to see the likes of the other kids come on. I know you said, like Adam said as well, he wish the kids came on earlier, but do you think it's something that Joe says trying to install in the team that he wants to give these kids minutes, but at the moment, because maybe his life is on the line, shall we say, in brackets, do you think he's being a bit wary and a bit cautious about bringing these players on? Um, yeah, well, going off, obviously, uh...
1: You know, that was my confusion a little bit at the beginning of the game in the sense that, you know, at half-time, I expected the changes to be run. I was sat on the sofa watching it, going, oh, I can't wait to see the the, the board go up at half-time, the subs have come off, you know, people are And then I saw Bale and Lucas come on, and I was like, oh, my God, like how... Obviously, get their legs going, obviously, a little bit of fitness, but, you know, I would have liked to have seen the boys earlier. Um... But you know, I think I think with Scarlett um and John and Lavanet, it it, for me it was just um nice to see them play, um, good to get game time. And this is I've always been the biggest advocate, um, and anyone who saw my Twitter today, you know, I was looking at players that genuinely could break into the Tottenham eleven over the next five years. You know, I, I, my only worry is that we might become a bit of a Chelsea club in the sense that we have all of this young, brilliant talent and they can't break into the team. But, you know, for, for a 16-year-old to get into the team shows that oh, maybe there's that chance. And, you know, going off Troy Parrott, it, it shows, you know, <clears throat> Jose went out of his way to, to get Troy Parrott to train with Kane, to get his attitude right, to get all of this. And he's not doing it, but... Uh, a more mature sixteen-year-old Dane Scarlett is. So for me, I know for a fact who I want as you know the next up-and-coming striker for my club.
0: Exactly. I think that's the main battle. Sometimes I think it's about attitude, and I think maybe Dane Scarlett is leagues ahead, even though it might not be in terms of age. It might be mentally. And and going back to attitude as well, Ben. Obviously, there's been lots of talk. We saw in the, in the documentary about Delhi. And do you think that? Now, maybe it's finally clicking for Delhi, and maybe Jose's hard love has, has maybe installed something within, within him.
2: Hopefully, so, yeah. Um, it's been kind of the highlight of Mourinho's tenure in the Delhi alley. You think when he first arrived, he, he immediately got back into the team and got his form up, then obviously went down injured and he kind of just lost his momentum. And he's spent pretty much the whole of this season trying to find his way back, and it, it hopefully looks like at last that. He seems to be there. And as I said, when he's in that position and he's in his own form, as I said, you know, you don't lose that ability overnight. You know, he's one of the very best in that position. And hopefully for the rest of this season, you know, we just see him starting more regularly there because I do. He's always a game changer at his peak.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and maybe it, it was good that um they didn't like do what I wanted them to do and send them out on loan to to send them to PSG and reunite with that love with Poch to be able to install that winning mentality, but um obviously now thinking about it um we've done we've spoken about Delhi but I'd also kind of like to touch on the Mailer because I know when I had Jay on a few weeks ago he said some awful things about the Mailer comparing him to a bin. But um, what do you make on the Mailer's performance at the moment? Has he managed to turn it around for you, or are you still a bit sceptical?
1: Well, I've uh, I've got the shirt on, so uh, I think that I think that answers it. Uh, no, I only got the shirt on because otherwise we would have had matching tops on, and it would have looked very weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can see it there. Uh, um, but no, yeah, I think I think you know I said it last time out. I've had a love affair with Coco from the day we signed him. Um, he's been one of those players and I think every Tottenham fan has that one player yours is definitely Harry Winks but you know you have that one player that regardless of what their performance is like you still have a soft spot for them and Coco's always been that for me Um, but tonight again it it all goes back to the opposition I said to my dad I said these lot are making Lamella look like Messi do you know like and he's looked promising the last couple of games but I don't know I I don't think it's the love story that I want to happen and I, I I would need to see a performance in a Premier League game to get me excited and back on the lamella train and especially with Dell coming back as well that's more competition for him so it, it you know I, I don't see it happening I'd love to see it happen but I don't think it will and I think Coco will probably go in the summer, to be honest, because you don't know what's going to happen at the club, who's going to stay, who's going to go. And if we're going to offload players, he'll probably be one of them. So,
0: Yeah, no, it is a shame. Obviously, we all want Delhi to get back to form and we're seeing that now. But obviously, I think Lamela has been doing pretty well. I know you say it's, it's probably not the best Lamela or the Lamela that we could have had if he managed to stay not so injured for so long. <laughs> but do you think maybe that... To to you, Ben. Do you think maybe having Lamela getting to maybe a peak performance that we've seen in a while will maybe kick on Delhi as well, or maybe kick them both on to try and compete for that space?
2: Yeah, it definitely will help them both kick on. Uh, you know, I think they both work very well together in the team too. You know, you've seen that multiple times. Uh, it, it, Lamela must be the most street employer I think Spurs have ever had. He's, when he's on form it, and it's fair, it generally it makes a difference, even though sometimes it doesn't translate in goals and assists. When you see the game, he is an influence, and but it just can never, I, I don't know what it. it just never at the wrong time He's always gets injured when he's just sitting form. It's so frustrating because I genuinely do think there's a very good player under there. Maybe not the future superstar we all thought he was going to be, be, but I do think he's got. All, the qualities of an extremely good player, but it, it, it just leaves you with the question mark of, is it, is it just worth all the hassle with all the injuries? You know, it, That's mm. kind of the doubt that I have in my mind about him.
0: That's the thing. It's hard to weigh it up, but the thing that gets me is the fact that, I think it was pointed tonight, the fact that, I mean, J- Jermaine Genius of all people said it, the fact that he's managed to stay in a team for this long, kind of highlights that maybe managers do know that he's got that ability. Maybe he does show it in training. But like you said, maybe the injuries is something that's that's held him back. Do you think that's probably the main cause of it, just all these injuries, but
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, we, we signed him and he pretty much missed the whole of the first season through injury. Uh, then he started coming on 2015-2016. Uh, then he was, went out for another year. And then it, it, it's like it gets... Every, up and running again and then just goes down every time. And it, because I do, you've seen the clip, he's got glimpses of absolute brilliance in him when he's fit. And, you know, I think his high press up and style as an attacking player really suits us very well. But it as I said, it just, it's so, it's just like you think you get somebody that, oh, not, a... you know, it just seems you feel deflated.
0: Uh, My fear with I, that, oh, gone. No, no,
1: you go, you go. My, uh, my, my, my fear with that is it reminds me of someone else Argentinian that we've signed that's had a glimpse of stuff, hasn't really got any goals or assists, and that's Gio. You know, that's the only thing that scares me about Gio is Gio is another player who I have a soft spot for. He's an Argentinian, you know, he'll kick people up in the air. He shows a lot of passion, but... You know, I think it was something crazy, like he got his first Premier League goal and it was like, I don't know, a couple of months ago, wasn't it? You know, and you think how long how long ago we signed him. That's my concern going forward, like, you know, because it's it's a very similar scenario to the Lamella situation. Um and that's and that's my concern with Gio is it just they just happen to be Argentinian playmakers that um yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. You know, Gio and Lamella, it's something about the Argentinian players that are obviously very fiery. They love it. You know, Lamella got Martial sent off in the uh, in the United game. That was a little bit, you know, shithousery, shall I say? You know, like it was, you know, and that that made, you know, I, I used to, one of my managers used to be Argentinian and, and he always used to teach that, you know, to annoy oppositions and stuff like that. So, but yeah, that's my concern with Lamella is just, you know, if he's just hitting form now, is it too late? And then the follow on from that is then I'm worried about Gio as well and what Gio's, Gio's career is going to hold.
2: Well, I think it's a, just on Lacelso because I read this and I I think it must be something in the clock because before Lacelso joined us, he didn't even really miss, I can't believe this, he didn't really miss two games hmm. in his career at Betis through injury before he signed for us. So it it does make a question: whatever they do, what are they doing in training, and also, what's to do with our medical team because that, that 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 can't be a coincidence. Just that any who randomly gets side disputes immediately just gets injured because it, it it's not just the cells of lamella. There's been multiple examples of it, so it, you know I think that might be something we need to look at. You know, mm-hmm. looking for going forward.
0: New medical staff and a new person to pick players, I think, is is <laughs> what we need to go on at the club at the moment. And that kind of that brings me on to the next thing, because obviously we've spoken about Lamela and, and his injuries and how sometimes that is put him back. But I also think we should maybe touch on Lucas, because I feel like I love Lucas a bit and I feel like he's got that running in him that you think is going to be class, and then he tends to run into players. So tonight, Ben, do you think, obviously him not starting the game do you think maybe Jose's got in his head that he's going to play against Burnley at the weekend and, and what kind of your thoughts on the whole Lucas situation
2: he probably will start him on Sunday I think that's a, I think that can be pretty certain uh, it, Lucas is really the player that I have the soft spot for um just of, of his effort is you know he will just run and chase every ball I mean I think every Spurs fan will have a place for him for for what he did that night in Amsterdam, I think <laughs> that'll be that, that's made into history though. But there are too many times where he, he blews very hot and cold. You know, you'll he, be on for go on a great run and then just go missing for a stretch as well. It just doesn't seem to have the consistency. And as you said always, there's too many incidences in games where he, he makes the great little run. I mean last week, the first thing, he made that little run and finished it off, you know. That's <laughs> You know, there's too many times where he gets in the position, and then he either doesn't pull the trigger and go for the shot, or just try and lay it off to a teammate. And as a result, it just ends up, you know, in no man's and We end up losing possession. So, it, it, yeah, because it, it, yeah, it is a frustrating one, Lucas. Because it all his day is amazing, but this is it, I, The consistency is a bit of a
0: problem. That's the thing. How many times has he been on his day? That's the most irritating thing. And it's a bit like Lamela because he's got it in his locker. It just doesn't seem to play it out as many times as you'd like him to. And that kind of brings me on. Do you think, Jay, he thinks his place is fine in the team and he maybe doesn't have to focus on maybe finding that end product so much because the likes of Bergvine hasn't really pushed on this season? I mean, we saw tonight that he didn't really have many chances. I mean, he did some lovely combination plays with Lamela, but bar that, I mean, you want players like him to have a goal in him. What are your thoughts on Bergwijn, Jay?
1: Uh, With Bergwijn, I I mean, I'm going to disagree with you here I thought he looked quite promising in the first half to be honest Um, he made a lot of positive runs a lot of the turns that he did with positive if anything and my criticism of him was was he looked too desperate to get a goal too desperate to make an impact would be the only criticism there was a couple of opportunities where he he could have passed you know um, and he kind of went for it by himself but you know for me with Bergwijn he's young enough that's the that's the difference and I think that's where that needs to be taken into consideration when you know we'll praise Lamella we'll praise Lucas we'll praise Bale but then everyone seems to forget that because we've paid for Bergwijn we expect him at his age in his first season and a half at Spurs to be this world-star Premier League striker uh winger sorry um and I don't know. I think expectations on Bergwijn need to be limited in the, in the sense that you know, I kind of look at it that if he was a player that come through, you know, the youth academy system, you know, if you want to compare it, you know, Ryan, you're not our youth academy system, but like Ryan Sessignon's out on loan, you know, so it's kind of like, for me, uh, Bergwijn's the similar, similar age to, to Ryan Sessignon, So they're at that stage in their career. So I think sometimes the Bergwijn criticism is a bit harsh but tonight, I think he looked up for it, and the only thing that I was happy about was he looked devastated when he came off, um, which shows that he really wanted to, to to pull something out of the hat tonight. But that'd be my only criticism for him was that I think he tried too hard and and didn't help the team as much.
0: No, I get that, and and you maybe I am being a little harsh. I just thought, obviously, because we all loved that game against City where he scored that goal, I feel like. His goal scoring and his contributions have been quite low. And obviously, I know you pointed out that he was gutted. And it's just, I don't know. I think to myself, with opposition like that, I feel like he should be trying to play a bit more. I know he tried, but he still didn't get that in product. So Ben, I kind of want to get your thoughts on Bergvine. Do you think maybe he is, like Jay said, trying too hard, but do you think he needs to try harder to try and install that place into the first team? Uh,
2: in the trying too hard, I do think he overcompensates when he, you know, he does make an effort, but it, sometimes he goes over the top with it, and as a result he gets desperate when he's shooting. So yeah, I do think he just needs to you, use, his, not use his brain in the sense of being smart, but just use it in the logical sense of, okay, knowing when to pass and when to shoot. Uh, on the expectation front, obviously he got signed, and then this, this game gave his debut, he comes on in school, well, started in school, and we're like, whoa, we've, hello, if we found a little jet? And he looked really good the first you know, month or so that he was here, and then, you know, unfortunately, it's just hit a. This isn't it; just hasn't quite clicked into place. And, you know, it, it's a shame because I do, I think if he caught fire, I th- really think he'd be a real difference maker in the team. I really, honestly do. I, I think he's got everything, everything to be a great winger. I, I just hope it clicks into place for him soon.
0: That is true. I mean, I suppose we've all got to try and sit in there. I mean, look at the Dumbler. I suppose he's a prime example of it. And maybe we have, a Spurs fans, set the bar too high because of that brilliant debut he had. So, it is quite interesting. Obviously, I think tonight it was a bit freer. Obviously, I think Jose... I don't know whether it's on your guys, but do you think Jose, when he does play him normally, kind of, you relies on him to track back more than, say, Lucas. Do you, do you think that's kind of why we haven't seen as much as Bergwijn then? Yeah, I do, I do
2: completely... 100%. I think you could. it's been easy to tell what he's tried to do that as well. He's not he's nowhere near as comfortable um, doing that as Lucas is. I don't for whatever the reason, or if it's just stylistically, but it just doesn't suit him. Is it more of an old-school type winner where you get to get forward and either create an opportunity or try and shoot? You know, He's not this winner who can track back in and help out on the defensive front. So, yeah, I'd completely second that.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I was just thinking that the other day. I was just thinking to myself. I feel like he has kind of been held back in a sense, and and maybe what Jay said tonight. He he has been trying because maybe he doesn't want to be able to show himself that he can get forward. Whereas obviously in recent weeks, we haven't really seen that when he's been part of the side because Jose relies heavily on him to track back. And a couple more players I just want to touch on because I feel like he's staring at me from behind me and that's Harry Winks. I mean, Harry Winks tonight, I don't know. I feel like even as a squad player at the minute he's really letting me down and and Jay I know you have some strong opinions on Harry Winks so if you just want to maybe touch on your thoughts of him tonight
1: the thing is with strong opinions on Harry Winks because I I do I do have strong opinions but that that's only because of what we have available at the club um that's my issue with you know Skippy's out on loan Harvey Whites out on loan um and you know Harry Winks tonight uh, Besides him skying three shots, I didn't even know he was on the pitch. Um, you know. And if he's playing a Hojbieg role, you know if Hojbieg's on the pitch because he's kicked someone up in the air or he's broken up the play or he's done something. But for, for, for me with Winks, uh, I don't know. It, it's I said this last time on the podcast. If he wasn't Tottenham-born-bred fan the lot, I think there'd be a lot more criticism of him openly um, I just think that he—I don't know—I think he's kind of cruising at the minute. I think he's just—he's just cruising along, and he's relying on you know he's Tottenham through and through, and he'll play the odd game. And if he's happy to do that with his career, then fair enough. But you know, there's a lot hungrier boys out there that will um, that will that will want to take his place, especially when Skippy and uh, and White come back off loan. So,
0: I mean, I like the fact you touched on that. And and Ben, do you think maybe? Winks is looking at places elsewhere at the moment, knowing that those types of players are gonna be coming back from loan next season.
2: It wouldn't surprise me because yeah, I you know, having seen all of the skip most of this season at Norwich has been brilliant at virtually every single game for them and either in the in the look of the system Harvey White looks very promising as well. Um yeah, I do think Winks might be looking up the door. I think the problem with is. And I think this applies with a lot of our mid, central midfield players. A lot of the time, we don't know what their position is or what they're the best at. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know if, what position we see is. We don't really know Ndombele's best position or even La it, We know that, they, you know that there's good players in them, but exactly at what? I think that's a lot of the trouble a lot of the time. We, uh, we've got too many overloaded who are all sort of good without actually knowing what they're the best at you know if, you, if you're asking them to be Hoiberg and be the holder tackler or you're asking them to be more like I don't know Dillian be the creator I think too many of them are, are too similar with one another and I think you know in the summer what, you know, whether he stays or goes and I think it applies to a lot of the squad. we need to figure out you know what what exactly is their best quality and make sure they apply it on the pitch
0: Yeah, exactly. Because the thing with me, I think, obviously, the best of Winks is when we saw him play against Real Madrid. And then since then, I I don't know. I don't know where he's gone, personally. I just I don't know whether it's because, like you said, Ben, like there's so many midfielders at the moment that kind of all play the same way. I mean, we used to always play the joke that you play the ball sideways, backwards and hardly forwards. And now I feel like he's trying to prove himself by having shots literally everywhere on the pitch. And it's really frustrating to see. And I think that's another element we kind of need to touch on. Obviously, I like the fact you highlighted, Ben, that there's players in this side that we don't really know where their best positions are or who they're best suited to. And I think that's why, at the moment, this defence is all over the place. I mean, tonight, it didn't really battle us that much because it's the opposition we were playing. But even at times, even when they were playing balls in, I was thinking to myself, what is going on with this positioning? And, Jay, that's kind of where I want to come to you. Obviously, Europa, I feel like, is our only way to save the season obviously with the likes of Bell and Delhi coming back to form and where they should be I'm excited for it but do you think at the end of the day no matter how good this attack is going to be obviously with Delhi and Bell back do you still strongly believe that maybe this defence isn't going to be able to live up to its reputation and able to to see us through games
1: um, as long as we don't start Dyer and Sanchez um, I think we we joked about this last time and, and Ben touched on it earlier you know, when Spurs fans see Dyer and Sanchez as the centre back pairing, the initial impact in our in our heads is gonna be right, we're gonna lose, or one of them's gonna do something stupid and concede a goal when we can get a clean sheet or something along those lines. Even tonight, for example, the Dyer recovered well to, to stop the, the guy from running through and scoring, whether it was a penalty or not, is here nor there. Um, but if you actually look at the clip, Toby steps up and Dyer plays him on side. You know that is just little. I I will if we were to do well in the Europa League, I would need to see Toby starting in the Europa League for us. And again, but that's going to be the issue. Is that what Toby? You know, Toby's kind of getting on now. He's kind of just coming out of the peak years of his career. Does he want to be sat on the bench during league games and then playing on a Thursday night every now and again, or playing in the FA Cup every now and again? Um, I definitely feel more confident with Toby at the back. Um, but yeah, as long as we don't start with Dyer and Sanchez at centre back, I, I, I think we stand a chance. To be honest, play one or the other, or playing a playing a three at the back. That's the only thing I can I can think of.
0: No, that that's a good point, and that's the thing with Toby. Do you reckon Ben? That's maybe why we haven't seen him in the press so much because obviously I, I always look for Toby on that score sheet. But like Jay says, he is getting he is getting older. Is that the thing? Do you reckon Jose has been saving him for Europa League games and those big games?
2: Um, it, it's a it's, it's something I've not got my head around. You know, Toby's by a million miles the best and half we've got. usual uh, or not? I do think he should start every game for us, but. Although I will say at this point of the season, if you were just starting the Europa League games, I don't think I you'd see too many. Given the fact it's the, pretty much what's left of this season, I think most fans would accept. Okay, you if you're just saving him for this, then fine. But I do I haven't understood the last month or so where he's been sort of drifted out, if you will, since New Year. And as I said, he's a million percent the best half we've got. You could I've said it before, you could put anybody alongside him, they'd look a good centre half. That's the influence he has. And the whole back four at Hugo and goal or rivers and goal looks so much more comfortable and assured because, you know, he leads and commands there and taking that out of there, it's not just, you know, him as a player, but it's leadership and direction, which, you know, some of the defensive lapses we have seen when he's not there, um, kind of speak for themselves.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I think I think that's the thing. I mean, I've always said if Toby's not there, I look for Hoyberg, And if they're both not there, then I'm seriously having questions about myself because they're the two that I think are commanding. And we've kind of touched on this before, Ben. I kinda wanna really get your take on it. Do you think Hoyberg at the minute is suffering in terms of having to control that back line in the sense that if he's not there it just goes to pot. Do you think he's running himself into the ground? Because there's been a few performances in recent weeks where He's missing a pass, or his his touch is too heavy. Do you think maybe that is what's causing him to have this lapse in concentration? Shall we say?
2: Hundred percent, yeah. I think I think it's just run himself into the ground. Uh, uh, the effort level, because he, he's uh, he always gives it everything from minute one to minute ninety every game, and he's he has virtually you know, bought a few. He's pretty much started every game this season, certainly the Premier League, he has. And uh, yeah, the effort level that, as you said, the where he feels the need to you know, be in command of it. I think it, it's just mentally and physically slowly worn down. It, you've seen the last few weeks, it's just not, it's just like half a step slow to everything. You know, it is tackling, it is passing, it, it's, it's a bit indecisive. And yeah, I, it, it, I feel sorry for him because I do think he's, I think it's just, as you said, i said, sort of run himself into the ground through just sheer effort and trying to keep that team together
0: sadly yeah it's just frustrating because like we said who else do we use to replace him I I don't think Sissoko is good enough to go there we've seen that Winks isn't good enough there and it's so frustrating that we can't necessarily recall Skippy because I think it would be an ideal rotation player just to be able to give some balance to the side I mean obviously I think that's pretty much on the Wolfsburg again and obviously at the moment there's loads of rumours flying around about whether Jose is going to leave whether this that or the other and Obviously, I know there's lots of people that are split on these opinions. I think it's the most split we've ever been as a fan base. And Ben, I kind of want to get your your thoughts on this Nagelsmann rumor that's flying around. And obviously, I, I don't want to I don't want you to say if you're Jose in or out. I just kind of want to see what your thoughts are on the thing.
2: Uh, my view is, I think Jose Percy will go into the season. I think uh, the Europa League is the only thing keeping him here at the minute. Um, I think that's pretty much what the season hinges on. Um, him, him, if we buy some, if some way we do have, somehow manage to win it, he might buy himself next season, but, but I think it will just go to the end of the season and it'll go. And um, I do actually think it will be Nagelsmann who comes in the summer. I, I'm actually pretty confident that would happen. Um, just, I think, all, everything. there's rumours that some of the uh, boarders are very, very big fans of Nagelsmann. They're very keen on him. Um, and, you know, I think he could really be a, a revolutionary for us. And, you know, given the sit I think that's what we need right now.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. It's just, for me, I feel like I'd like a manager like Nagelsman because he has very much reminiscence of Potch. But the only thing is for me is, can I sit through, say, another rebuild? And, That's the thing with me, and I can see Jay's getting a bit twitchy because I know he probably wants to say something. It's just that whether – do we have the ability maybe – I know you've said that the board are happy for Nugglesman to come in and I'll back whoever comes in. It's just for me, I feel like that's the easy option because, again, it's like Potch. He'll he'll necessarily be easily led, if you get what I mean. Will he get the money that he wants? Obviously, someone like Jose will try and demand it. And that's the thing, Jay, and I I just want to come to you on – your thoughts of the the Marguerite. It's always good to get opinions from both sort of camps.
1: Yeah, so you're going to get a total polar opposite uh, opinion <laughs> on it from me. Um, so, you know, I'm I'll state I'm very Jose in. I, um, you know, I'm I'm of the opinion that we and I know other fans think other fans of other clubs think the same. And to be frankly honest, I I agree with them. I think um, as a club under Pochettino under Pochettino under Pochettino we did get a bit above our station in the sense of um you know we played nice football we did well but we didn't win anything um and in my opinion if Jose isn't going to win anything with us I don't think anyone uh is more qualified to come in and win something with these group of players my only thing with the Nagelsmann situation and it could you know, I don't know Harry Kane personally, I don't know anything about him, I don't know anything about his contract, I don't know what his situation is. It wouldn't shock me if if the season goes as bad as it does and we don't win anything with Jose and Jose is gone in the summer and Nagelsmann goes comes in, I think Kane might go. Only thinking that because you know, you've brought him up, I didn't bring him up, but Kane's already been through this with Pochettino for five years do you think Harry Kane's going to want to sit there for another five years with another young flair exciting manager who plays nice football you know we've heard this story all before as, as a club and then that's where we need to define our identity as a club of whether we want to be winners um obviously the big issue and the thing is for us is everyone talks about money and spending players and getting the team they want and all this and all that but the thing is, is realistically, if that's not going to change, bringing in a manager like Nagelsmann would be wasted on our club, in my opinion, in the sense of, you know, it wouldn't, I don't, I don't, having seen Pochettino and what Pochettino done with us, he got us so far, but he didn't push us that bit better. Um, and I don't think Nagelsmann is any better than him. His Leipzig team who beat us, let me add, they beat us, got smashed by Liverpool. And got, you know, they got smashed in the, you know, it's just like, it just come to our team and do the same, not to get smashed, but like, you know, we're not at any higher standard of football than Leipzig are. So what, you know, everyone seems to think that he's going to come here and we're going to play this amazing football, but his amazing football got picked apart by Liverpool the same way before Pochettino got sacked, we got picked apart by City, Chelsea, Picked apart, you know. For me, I don't see what the difference would be with the same team if Nagelsman was to come in.
0: I, I can see what you're saying, and, and don't get me wrong, I feel like the only difference in a sense is the fact that if Jose was to go, who would be the person you bring in? And I think that's kind of what Ben's pointed out on the fact that yes, I, I know the board want him and and personally I will back whoever, but I think, Ben, as well, it's it's also picking out your options because who else would come, Ben? Who, who do you think would else would come over an August? I,
2: I really honestly don't know. Um, I mean, I know that lots of people keep bringing up Brendan Rodgers, but the question is, you know, what what benefit would he have leaving Leicester where they are? You know, he's got the match to be firing at the minute. I think they're unlocked to be in the Champions League for next season. Uh, there's literally... I, there's zero upside for him to go from there right now. I'm uh, really looking around, I don't viably see anybody else, really, at all. Um, that, who n- number one would be willing to take the challenge on, you know, other than Nagelsman. Uh, but I will say, whoever it, if it shows whoever it is, they need to be allowed to reset this team for next season. Because it. Do, i completely agree with you on this show. Whoever it is, it's, it's no good just essentially pulling a plaster over a collapsed building. You know, it's just putting it into management. is not going to fix everything. You know, whoever it, whoever's in charge has got to be allowed to say, I need to reset this from scratch next season. Whoever that might be.
0: I think so and I think that's a good point Ben because like you've both kind of pointed on regardless who we get in we're still gonna have those same problems because we've got those foundations that have those problems in like that defense like it's never going to change until we sort that out I mean we've got a defensive coach at the moment in Jose and he still can't fix it and that's the thing I, I just I don't know where to go from it to be honest and that kind of leads me on onto the next point Ben I kind of want to see who you'd want to come into the window. Obviously, I know defence is a big issue. So if we were to sign someone to play in that defence, who would it be in the summer? Um,
2: um, there's two in particular who come out for me. Is Obviously, um, you know, I still would go, try to go back in for him. I, you know, I do think he'd be an excellent. He's very quick. He's mobile, good in the air. I think he has all the qualities. And the other one, Ironically, from Leipzig, cannot can say, you know, I know that all there's a lot, all the noise about Upmancano, but for me, Cana is arguably just as good, if not better, in certain regards, you know. And you know, I think either one of those two would fit in because we need a Sinnerhoff who's good enough to play alongside Toby and then eventually become his successor, if you will. Because you know, I think within two three years, Toby, you know, he is slowing down, and we will need we need to bring that replacement in now, not wait until then to get it in. So if the, those two in particular, those would be the two I'd go for.
0: But well, I think that's a good shout. And like we said, we, we need someone commanding at the back because I think sadly, Toby hasn't got much longer left. And, and Jay, I kind of want to come to you as well. Is there anything you'd like to add to the Ben's points and who you'd want to come in?
1: Uh, I'm going to sound like such a pessimistic Spurs fan. My question would be, depending on our season finish, who would want to come and play for us? You know, um, you've got uh, going back to, and this goes back to the identity issue we have as a club, I think, um, until we win a trophy. You know, Ben said exactly that. Uh, why is Brendan Rodgers going to want to leave Leicester to go to Tottenham? Now, five years ago, any manager that was at Leicester would have, you know, bitten your hand off for a chance to manage Spurs. Um, And now we're in this situation where there's clubs where managers are going, oh, yeah, we're doing a sign. And then uh, it's the same with players. Yeah, I I totally agree with Ben. I would love to see Skriniar at the club. I also think Canate would be a great signing. Obviously, Canate would be an even better signing if we did get in Nagelsmann. Um, But, you know, for me, it's hard to answer that question because, I wouldn't be able to tell you any targets without knowing what pulling power we had. You know, I could go and say <laughs> at the begin um, at the beginning of the season when we were flying high, we thought we were going to get Sergio Ramos on a free. You reckon Sergio Ramos is going to not want to play European football next season. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it's so dependent on where we finish, what happens with the managerial situation. Um, but yeah, the, the two targets Ben said for defense are exactly the same that I'd put on my list of players um but you know whether they'd come is another thing you know they might come at the beginning of the year because you know joe's a europa league football um and then you know at the now if they're seeing joe saying just seeing the football we're playing and all of these results we're dropping they're going to like, oh, i ain't gonna go play there like you know i might be getting battered in the champions league at leipzig but at least i'm getting to play in the champions league <laughs> do you know what i mean so
0: yeah i totally agree that's the thing i mean it is all well and true so i Satan here and saying, like, who would you want in? But again, it's that pulling power. And I can see refs in the comments again with his Levy and Lewis outlander. And I think, although as much as we joke about Levy and, and Ennick, I think that is kind of the root to our problem in a sense of the actual football on the pitch. Do you think, Ben, I know we've got a lovely stadium and I know the training facilities are all there, but sadly the football and the players and the squad we're watching on the, on the pitches doesn't really equate to that. What we've achieved in sense of structure, do you do you think that's kind of maybe the best way of putting it? Do you think Levy and Enik really now need to step up a gear to be able to invest in players and get the football better on the pitch?
2: Absolutely, um, I think it goes back to what I said that whoever that comes in, whoever the manager is, that the sub needs to be given or the license to rebuild the team from scratch. And the, I'm just going to throw this out: I think we could do with the director of football. I think Daniel Levy needs to move. Daniel Levy is a phenomenal businessman, and you know the way he's elevated the club off the pitch is second to none. With everything, the facilities that you pointed out, Holly. But I think he needs to move to focus on the business side of the club and bring a director of football and to handle the football side of things. To you know, regarding the transfers and such. To because I do feel Daniel has, Levy has this was. Uh, Obsessive need to control everything that goes on. You know, he's, he's incredibly hands-on, and you know, and although it, that has worked in certain situations in the past, I do feel it's beginning to hamper us. The the times we we we're we're haggling for a few million for a player, and literally screaming, just put them whatever they want and get them in. You know, I I just I don't know what you think, but for me, I I think somebody like a director of football in. The summer, I think, could be very, very helpful in that regard.
0: Yeah, yeah no, I, I totally agree. And I think, I mean, obviously it is wrong to just say they're awful because in hindsight, like you said, Ben, they have managed to produce this stadium and elevate the club to a next level. But again, with Levy, he does run the club in a sense in terms of players as a business. He won't make a loss on anything. That's why I feel like right now we've got so much Deadwood because he won't sell a player on. He won't take a loss on the fact that that player isn't going to reach the potential money that he thought he would. And I think that's the real issue. So, Jay, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think this summer is ideally shift Deadwood out and, and try and bring in a centre-back? Or do you think it's we need to try and get more in than shift more out? What, what's your kind of take on it?
1: I've, I've always... I've always been of the uh, stance of I don't know over the last coming over the last couple of seasons I've I've kind of changed my viewpoint on where a serious is a club. Um, I think under Enoch and the Motley Crew um, or the Bold Brigades, whatever you want to call them, um, you know I, I I don't see any progression in the club so. In that sense, okay, you know, we're going to wait for a takeover. If we're going to wait for a takeover, I would shift out all of the deadwood, and I would play every single replacement from the under twenty threes on the bench. You know, if we're not going to buy players, what's the point in buying players that are crap? When we've got, you know, it just shows we've got so many good players out on loan. We've got all of these youngsters that are coming. We don't see them in FA Cups very often. We don't see them in League cuts very often. You know this this league cup campaign um we have fielded a very strong team in in you know as jade and my, our friend jade says you know it, it's true a lot of teams don't field strong players in that cup um but we are desperate for a trophy to change that image so we are playing uh our big players um as for you know the owners and stuff the only thing is i would say is that it's not going to change and I I don't want to end up like AFTV where we're getting banners and and like doing marches and it's just embarrassing in the, in the sense of that's people like that business people like that, that make money like that. They're not going to be affected by that kind of thing. I think we just need to get behind the players that are on the pitch. We've got to deal with the situation we've got. Um, And for me, the only thing is is if we're not going to invest in players, we need to invest in our youngsters uh, and and give them the opportunities that, that come up, you know, Jack Clark's on loan. If you think we get rid of uh, Mora Lamella, all of those players, I could, you know, name replacements for every single one of them in the under-23 squad or on players that are out on loan. And those players don't start for us. You know, they're players that are on the bench. So I'm not saying, all oh, play the under-23s in the Premier League. I'm saying, why is, not, why is Jack Clark not coming off on the bench instead of Lucas Mora?" You know, that's, if that's where we're going to go as a club.
0: I I totally get that. I see your point. I I know you're very much on the opinion of play the youngsters. Why not? Because at the moment, I feel like, why not give them a run if our players at the moment that are are deadwood aren't doing that? And I feel like there's two ways about it. I feel like loan deals for certain players do wonders. I mean, I think that's what we're all hoping for, for Troy Parrott. And I think it's the same with Skippy and Harvey White. Hopefully, both of them push on at the clubs. And we're seeing that already. And hopefully, they come back to the squad with a bit more experience shall we say but i've really enjoyed this chat guys and um i just want to say thank you for both coming on ben it's been a pleasure thank you for joining me do you want to tell everyone where they can find you uh
2: that's first 21 on everything on social media anything and anything spurs you can find me talking about it and uh yeah just be sure to follow me around and yeah thank you ollie it's been a lot of fun
0: no, cheers. Thank you. I have really enjoyed it. Make sure you all go check out Ben's stuff because it is quality. And also I've been joined with Jay again. Obviously he hasn't got his LaMela shirt on the bin, so that's no. a bonus. But Jay, where can everyone find you?
1: Uh, yeah, you can find me, uh, find me streaming over on Twitch, uh, Twitch.tv, and you can find me spouting horrible dad jokes and footballing opinions on Twitter. But uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed it again. and I'm happy to be on.
0: Right, thanks again, guys. Hopefully, come the weekend, we'll be talking about a win against Burnley, but we'll have to cross our fingers about that one. But it leads me to say thanks to everyone that has watched. And thanks again for you guys for joining me. See you next time.